These weeks I'm giving you a definition of, of Christian faith, and uh, here's the definition. We're talking about faith in God through Jesus, his Son. It's Christ-centered by the Holy Spirit, it's enabled by the Spirit, and it's according to truth. It's according to Scripture, not according to vague ideas and private revelations and a, a day vision or a night vision or a dream or whatever. It's according to truth. It's fine to have visions and dreams, but they've got to agree with Scripture. They can't overtake or deny Scripture. And faith is not a power we operate. It's not just a way of getting something to happen, health and wealth or whatever else. Faith is not focused upon an outcome, but upon God. Faith is God. What Jesus said, have faith in God. And faith is not just how you begin as a Christian. It's the way we live as a Christian. The just, the right, the upright person will live by faith. It's our way of life. And therefore, I'm talking about week by week things that shape the way we live, that make us different from other people. Not because we're, oh, and we're not like you. But we can't help but be unlike other people because we're living by faith. Today we come to this subject, faith and community, which is why we had that. It's a really nice video, but you could really see it. Faith and community. Faith and community. I could have said fellowship, but fellowship is part of community. The big word is community. Of course, I'm talking about the church, and good videos about the church are as rare as hen's teeth, like good videos about the person and character of God are also very rare. It's interesting how we talk about the small things a lot and the big things a little. People in our generation have been raised, and most generations, probably even since the First or maybe the Second World War, have been raised with a very individualistic view of life. And it's increasingly so. It's about me, 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 not even we or us. People pursue their personal good and not the common good. The individual is what counts. Now, in, 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 in political philosophy, there are two big extremes. One is the individual is the only thing that matters. There's no such thing as society. Do you remember who someone said that some years ago? The other one is the state, the community, is what matters and you don't matter. They're extremes. The truth is both are true and we need to hold them together. And there's a, this individualism, individualism and selfishness, self-centeredness, is part of the godlessness which is at work in this world. And it's been increasing. As Christians, we're saved and called out of that mindset. We're placed together in community. The Apostles' Creed which isn't quite as ancient as the New Testament, but it's getting there, it's about 200-odd AD, says, I believe in the holy, universal church. Now, the word there you may, you may be more familiar with is Catholic. Catholic means universal, worldwide. The thing is, the Roman Catholic Church claims to be the only church and claim themselves to be the only true universal church. But no, no, believers in Catholicism, and I, I guarantee there are some people in Catholicism who are believers, but... They're part of the bigger universal holy church, all right, which includes us. But I believe in the church is an important statement to make. We need to hold to both individual faith, discipleship, obedience, and communal, shared faith, where we work at things together, where we're more to, we, we're stronger together than alone, as we saw in that video earlier. Scripture speaks both to us as individuals and to us as church, as community. Scripture makes these statements, for instance. Look at the counterbalance here. Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. Amen! Okay, try this one. Jesus loved the church and gave himself for her. It's equally true. 
Equally true, and yet we wouldn't think about the second one so much. Here's another one. These, these are both found in Galatians 6. Everyone should bear his own burden. All right? Don't, don't, make your prob- don't lay off your problems on somebody else and make it their responsibility. Okay? But it also says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love one another. Both statements are true. If you pay attention to who were the first hearers and readers of the scriptures, those to whom the words were addressed at the time, God's word is overwhelmingly addressed to a community and not to an individual. These things, there are things that are said in Ephesians, for instance, which are true of you only because you're part of the body of Christ. You're part of the whole community. And therefore, those things are true of you. But you have to have this. We do it in Breaking Bread later. We'll get to it then. Okay, how many of you grew up reading the good old King James Version? Yeah? Me too, all right? <clears throat> Preached all my first sermons from that one. But I still have one of my original King James Versions, a little, little blue leather one. You come up with words like thee, thou, thine, and ye, don't you, in the King James Version? All right. <clears throat> Let me just explain something to you. There's a clue to it in the King James. That old-style English, thee, thou, thine, became a tradition. That's the way we talk to God. It's holy jargon, all right? Now, that's not really what it meant at all. Those words are simply good, old-fashioned, old English grammar. Thee, thou, thine are when you're talking to an individual. They're singular. Ye and you are plural. You're talking to a group of people. And there are dialects of English to this day that still use that grammar. I grew up in the West Midlands in the black country, and in black country dialect, people still use these, our thine. And they do in Yorkshire too, because I was a Bible college in, 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 in Yorkshire for two years, and I was out preaching all around Yorkshire on Sundays, and guess what? How are they, lad? You know? So you, you got to hear it. The individual, these are thine, plural, in old, it's ye, but it's you, yours, your, yours. So most of the time, Scripture is speaking to us as a community, as a group of people, that we work this thing out together. But what have Christianity has done, and I, every part of Christianity has done this for many, many decades, probably since the early 1800s, late 1700s, is it's emphasized the individual and not emphasized equally as a balance community, our togetherness. Let me spell out some points and, and, and I'll, I'll try and uh, get through these reasonably. God is community. I did not say God is a community or God is like community. God is community. Our God is three in one. Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God. And within God, before he made the world, there was love shared, joy shared, peace shared. So we know love and joy and peace and some other things as well because they existed in God and God shared them with us. They were between the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit before he made us. So God in himself has relationship, is community. And we are drawn into fellowship community, relationship with him, and therefore with one another. God made man, but it wasn't good for man to be alone. Though Adam had God, God said it wasn't good for Adam not to have another, 
both like him and unlike him. Male and female. Male and female were made in the image of God and complete one another. We were made in the image of God to enjoy him, his being, his love, his joy and peace and relationship with him. And then also to enjoy, in a more limited way, that same kind of relationship with one another. Of course, we fell. We rebelled against the Most High. We rejected life in Him. We chose, we thought, independence, even freedom. But actually, what we got was slavery to sin, to Satan, and to death. Genesis tells us that both our relationship with God and with one another, particularly male and female gender issues, were fractured at that time. Selfishness is ungodliness. It is unlike God. It does not honor God. It's foreign to his making, his order, his creation, his intention. So the great redeeming plan of God accomplished by Jesus, applied by the Holy Spirit, is to restore us to relationship with himself and with one another. Not just in a general way, but in particular through his children. We are the community of God where this thing really has to happen. His people of faith in godly community together. John Donne, 1500s, late 1500s, poet who then became a clergyman, wrote a poem, famous poem, No Man is an Island. No Man is an Island. Nobody stands entirely on their own. We have connections. We have relationships. God made us for community. In his saving us, he remakes us and rejoins us to himself and to one another. Now, we're not all the marrying kind, but if we're not suited to having a spouse, we still have family, we still have friends, we need comrades, we need co-workers, we need people we can tell, t- pour our hearts out to, we need people we can be honest with, we need relationship, we need some levels, and there are different levels and different strengths of community. I love this scripture in Psalm 68, God sets the fa- solitary in families, takes people who are all out there on their own and he gives them a place to belong in a family, a community. We're a community of faith. Now, I've, I've given some headings. I, there are more. I could have said a community of grace, but I didn't. I don't know why. A community of faith. We share one faith. Not one love, thank you, Bob Marley. It's one faith. Ephesians 4 verse 4 says, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. You can only truly belong to God's church if you share the same Lord, the same faith, the same baptism, you're part of the same body, the same hope, and you've received the same spirit. Now, the reason people attend church is either they share in this same faith or they're wanting to find this faith and make it theirs. Moving on, we're a community of truth. This common faith, one community, is built upon the truth of Jesus and the truth of God's word. Those who depart from the truth leave the community. They're no longer part of it, okay? Because they've departed from the truth. There are issues we can differ on. There's others we can't. We have to separate. Paul wrote to Timothy, a young Christian leader whom Paul had trained and and mentored. He said, these things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. But if I'm delayed, I write to you so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. They did not have a church building in those days. He's here talking about the community that Timothy was leading. 
the gathered disciples. In the new covenant, there is no earthly temple other than these two. Guess what they are again? The individual Christian and the, and the Christian community. The church. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is a temple of the Spirit. And we together in community are a temple, a dwelling place of God, the Holy Spirit. Those two dimensions, those left hand and right hand, balancing one another all the time through Scripture. We're a community of hope. We believe there is hope for all who believe in Jesus. Their lives can be rescued, remade, changed. We look to the future together. We hope to see better days yet, not just as regards our society or economy. We're looking for the goodness of God with us, his people, and amongst us. And for the honor of his name and the increase of his kingdom in this nation through the gospel and through his church. But we also have a long-term, firm hope in seeing the Lord Jesus return from heaven and being with him forever. We're a community of hope. In now, medium term, longest term. We have, we're looking, believing to see the goodness of God. We're a community of love. Jesus said it three times over. John 13, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you're my disciples if you have loved one for another. John 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John 15 again, these things I command, that you love one another. Peter, Paul, and John all repeat those words of Jesus in their letters. And in fact, John makes it one of the pillars of his two letters, 1 John and 2 John. And comes back to this point five times in those letters. Jesus said, by this will all men know that you're my disciples. And Paul, uh, John rather, argues, our loving one another is clear evidence that we are truly Christians. And he emphasizes that this love is not to be just words. Oh, I really love you, you know. Yeah. It's to be actions, deeds. Anyone can say anything. But when you put your time and your money and your, you put some effort into helping someone, you, you show that you love them. Therefore, moving on again, we are a community of service. God, God's community serve him, serve one another, and serve the world. We are a community of servants. We are to serve from a good heart, not grudgingly, but with grace and generosity. We serve with what we have, skills, time, energy, the things we've learned in life. We serve with what the Holy Spirit supplies, his gifts, his prophetic insights, his words that come to us. At particular moments, the Holy Spirit will give us something so that, so that I have my ministry. No, it's not about your ministry. So that you can help someone. Or bless a community at that particular time. We serve not to earn a badge or a title, but because something needs to be done for the good of others. Week by week, people are working and serving here in our community in Lighthouse. And we're grateful for their faithfulness and hard work. The musicians, the singers, the AV team, which gets more and more people in the AV team. I think we've got about the number now, but more people could join in on that and wrote it with us so that there's a sharing together in these things. Please note this. You will not hear me say to you, will you serve me? I will never say that to you. I do not claim your service or your loyalty. We serve one another. 
We serve the Lord together. We serve one another for the glory of Jesus and for the common good. We're all servants. We just haven't woken up to it perhaps, but we're all called to be servants. We're a community of worship. That is, we gather together and we take time out together to to worship God, to pray, to worship, to hear God's word taught. That was taken from us to a large extent in March 2020 as the nation focused on overcoming a deadly pandemic. Since then, we've gathered as and when we can and have used technologies as an alternative at times, but then also as a supplement at other times for those who can't gather. We may soon, not maybe June 21st, but soon-ish, be able to set aside those restrictions. But for some who still haven't re-engaged, the longer it goes on, the harder it is to re-engage. They've lost confidence to be out and about. They've fallen into a solitary way of life and they no longer find community easy. They may simply have lost the habit, the routine of church on Sunday morning. And for many, including some leaders I've spoken to, the time slot's been filled now with other things. I'm being honest with you, aren't I? Some people are finding it hard, and it won't be easy when the restrictions go. They'll still find it hard, because they're having to deal with readjusting life to re-engage with community. I'm saying community, not just attending on a Sunday, with community, being part of a network of relationships that work at different levels, one-to-one, small groups, twos or threes, having a coffee together, gathering together on a Sunday, having a women's prayer group, having gathering together for Freedom in Christ. It's community. Different sizes, different levels. Today I want to remind you why this matters. We're called to faith to love and serve the Lord as an individual, but also together in connection and relationship. Community matters because it's God. He's mirroring something that's in himself. And if this church community doesn't suit you, and now this is the wrong people to say this to, I know, because you're here. If this community does not suit you, please go find one that does suit you, and the Lord bless you. That's okay. We're big enough to, to, to accept that. But if the Apostles' Creed is right, and I believe it is, in declaring that we believe in the church as God's community on earth, we need to give ourselves to being part of a particular church community where we belong, where we participate, where we serve, where we give, where we pray, where we learn, where we share in life together, the ups and downs. We rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We gather together, worship together, give together, serve together for the honor of our Lord. Everything changes for the Christian. To me, my mind, we add we, our, ours. And it's like two sides of a scale. Instead of what can I get, we start to think about what can I give. Instead of thinking how am I served by this church or this leadership, it's how can I serve? The Christian community that I give myself shapes me and I'm a part of shaping that community. As we learn to live, as I've described to you today, among our community of faith, sharing life and faith together, we are then an example to the unbelieving world of how life could be lived, should be lived. Now, not a perfect example. The spots and warts and all, but we're showing them something about what the life of God in human beings looks like. For most 
of your experience as a Christian, you've probably heard the first side of this column, okay? The Christian. Personal faith, personal saviour. Serving the Lord. Personal responsibility. My benefit, my good. Jesus loves me. All right? The other side is equally true, and we need to take hold of it because it's been weakened in our hands. We haven't held on to this firmly enough. All right, the church, the community of faith. A common shared faith. We're stronger together. We pray for something together. It's more than just doubling up the praying. There's something more than that going on. Serving him together, serving one another, shared responsibility and care. Taking, looking out for one another, shared benefit, the common good. Jesus loves his church. In fact, there are two scriptures that say Jesus is the savior of those who believe and Jesus is the savior of the body. Both are true. Choose to engage in shared Christian faith, committed to being part of a local church. Not an onlooker, not a spectator, but a participant. It starts with faith. We live as a Christian by faith in the Son of God. We share life together as those who uphold and encourage one another in a shared faith. So first of all, do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Amen. Do you believe in his community, the church? Yes. Amen. Amen. Keep holding both as true. Equally true. Don't let go of one because you think the only, only other one matters. They both matter. They both matter. We're going to pray and then we're going to Take communion. I'm going to read you some of uh, 1 Corinthians 11 this morning as we take communion. Father in heaven, I pray that the truths we've been reminded of this morning will shape our thinking. I am a Christian and that's wonderful, but I also belong to your church and I need to find a community where I can be and belong and play my part because you have things to do through your community that won't happen through me as an individual. And there are things that are illustrated about you through the community that can't really be fully seen in just me. And we're looking for your name to be honoured and your kingdom to come and your will to be done and your glory, your character to be seen in this darkening world, Lord. And you, you say to me, you are a light. And you say to your church, you are light. Help us to engage in being light both individually and corporately, we pray, for the honor of your name. Amen. Amen. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth about a number of things which they were not doing well, to say the least. One of them was that their shared fellowship meal. They gathered together and had a meal, and in that they broke the bread and drank the wine. It was part of a meal in those days. 